Listen, I'm going to jump right in. My name is Darren Davis. If, if you're a first-time guest, welcome this morning. We're in a series called History Makers that's just been inspiring. By the way, today was unique in terms of what the Lord did in worship, but every single Sunday this stuff is happening as of recently. It's, it's just incredible what God is doing. I believe there's a renewal taking place. The Lord is up to something. And we're going to look into the life of John Wesley. As I said last week, it's hard a little bit to teach a message per se when I'm given a lot of historical overview, but I was completely inspired by the life of John Wesley because we've been looking at the Moravians as central figures to this uh, Reformation story that we, we've been peering into, going all the way back to Jan Hus in 1456, who, who lost his life through martyrdom really, just for standing for basic simple things for the gospel. I mean, the guy, all he wanted and was advocating for was for people to be able to read the Bible themselves, you know, to have a service in their own language where they actually could understand something. And he was burned at the stake for that. Can you imagine? There's people, there's giants, you know, that we're standing on the shoulders of throughout human history that, that we're here today because of them. You know, we saw that Zinzendorf's life was affected by, by, by followers of, of Jan Hus back in, in, in the 1400s. And, and he, he was all, 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 you know, all brought into this swirl of the beauty of God that was happening through the life of Martin Luther. We even saw last week how Martin Luther King Jr., his life intersects that story because his father went over to Germany and, you know, discovered, you know, the life of, of, of these men that lived during those periods in history and was so impacted, especially as he was watching what was happening in pre-World pre, uh, War II Nazi Germany. And he changed his own name to Martin Luther King and named his son, who was Michael King, to change his name as well to Martin Luther King Jr. It's, it's, it's incredible, the story. We're, we're all a part of this, as Sam said, this, this big collective story that's happening in our lives, happening in our region, happening around the world. And it's really God's heart for justice in the earth. I want to read this to you, and then we're going to look at John Wesley's life. Isaiah 42, this is so powerful. He's, he's talking about Jesus, but he says, Look at my servant whom I strengthen. Listen, we could have sung glory to Jesus all morning long. Because there's something about the fact that when we get this understanding of who he is. Because that song is called the Revelation song. It's revelation of Christ. It's revelation of Jesus. And the Father is saying, look at my servant. Understand who he is. Get a glimpse into the, the reality of this, this one who is the Son of God. And he says, I am strengthening him. He's my chosen one. He's my son who gives great pleasure to me. He's rooted in his identity. He says, I have put my spirit on him. And the reason is, look at this. He says, because he will bring justice to the nations. I love this. He's not going to do it but through normal human measures. You know, we don't fight and battle like normal humans do. This is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual reality. We're not going to shout in the streets. We're not going to take up arms. We're not going to do those kind of things. There was the spirit resting on Jesus that was going to come and was going to bring justice to the, the nations. And he wasn't going to raise his voice. His presence alone in the midst of the storm was going to calm the waters. Do you understand? This man was not striving. He was at rest. 
And he illustrated that to his disciples when he got in the boat that day and crossed over the Galilee. And that big, huge storm came up. And while it was going on, Jesus was completely asleep in the boat. Listen, we got to understand, the disciples themselves, they thought they were perishing. They were looking at the external circumstances and thinking it was over. Listen, we can't get our eyes and our focus on any external situation and think it's over. Not with Jesus inserted in the midst. He woke up. He speaks to the storm, to the waves and the winds, and they obey him and everything becomes calm. The people, the disciples were amazed. Like, who is this one? This is what God's up to on the earth. But Jesus wasn't just doing that to do it himself as, 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 as this son of God. He was doing it as, as an example to his followers and to us today as we read the word. He says he will not crush, verse 3, the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Listen, anybody need a renewal today in their heart? God's, God's not, he's not, he's not waiting for tomorrow for that to happen in you. He does, he does his, he's not giving you some resolved life to live, you know, defeated and broken. No, there's a, there's a renewal that he has in his heart for your heart. He will not crush the weakest reed. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. I love this, verse four. And he will not falter or lose heart until justice, come on, prevails in the earth. Well, Darren, I thought we're just hanging on until the rapture or till you know, the, the Antichrist comes and... You, No, listen, justice is going to prevail on the earth through his church. It's called a a glorious eschatology, a glorious outcome that we're all a part of. Doesn't mean that anything, everything's going to be easy. We've seen through this history maker series that there were tumultuous times, but God always wins because God is just that good. I think I just broke my iPad. Praise the Lord. GoFundMe, iPad, <laughs> Facebook coming out soon. Praise the Lord. But, but listen, John Wesley, if you're not familiar with him, and I think this is appropriate because we're on a, on a Methodist campus here. He is the, was the leader of a revival movement. Everybody say revival movement. <laughs> with the Church of England, within the Church of England that was known as Methodism. In fact, the societies that Wesley found back in the 1700s, he was born in 1703, lived to 1791, became the dominant form of the independent Methodist movement that continues to this present day. So think about this. The life of one person, he was just like you and me. The life of one person can affect people in subsequent generations for hundreds of years. Do you understand? We see even with the patron life of Ludwig von Zinzendorf, who just bought this land for a few ragtag refugees coming out of the Czech Republic. You know, that that one move right there, that maybe he thought, maybe this isn't that significant. It had an effect on people's lives that that just, you know, it, it just... Continued the waves of that, that move continued to touch a myriad of people for hundreds of lives. This was the sake, this, the same for, the same was true for John Wesley. Now, when I was growing up in Montana, 
I was not raised in a quote-unquote Christian family, but my mom, I remembered this, used to take me to Aldersgate United Methodist Church. Aldersgate, it's important that name, United Methodist Church. Now, I had quite a prayer life as a young teenager, and it was like this, God, please don't make me go to that church again. Nothing against the church, but I just, I just wasn't into it, man. I was disconnected from what was happening there. But I remember that I used to go to that church with my mom. In fact, the, the, a little bit of the story here with, with this whole campus, you know, this, is, this thing is a miracle that we're sitting in right now. We were over at the Forum, which is uh, the old Pompano Beach Hospital just over the way where we had first started our church and things began to grow. God began to move. People began to flood in and, and we didn't have enough room in that facility anymore. And there was a man who was a business leader in our community whose daughter got touched at one of our harbor services. I remember it to this day. We were at FAU's campus on a first Sunday service. I look out and I could see it happening in her life. She got so radically impacted in that meeting that she got in her car and drove to their family summer home in South Carolina. And she called her father and she said, Dad, something happened on the inside of my heart. And she said, I'm not coming back until I connect with God and find out what he created me for. She was so stirred and so provoked. And from that moment on, her life that was going in one direction took a completely uh, different turn. And, 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 and the fruit of what was taking place on the inside of her with Jesus had completely revolutionized who this person was. So her father, from a distance, was an advocate for us. So he kept asking his daughter, tell me about what's happened at the harbor. What's going on over there? Meanwhile, he went to another church. And she said, Daddy, listen, we're growing out of our building. And so he knew the, the guy on the, on the board of Christ Church, which is located down on um, Commercial, who, who was given oversight to this campus once this church congregation died off. And they were going to sell this property. They were going to sell it for like $20 million back before the crash, just the land. And so their plan was to bulldoze all of these buildings and sell it to the development that's happening in this city that we see going on all around us, right? But they discovered that the old chapel on the other side of this big, huge chapel across the street was built in 1905, and the people that came here to plant that church and build that church, they were affected by the revival that happened over in Wales. So they came all the way to the U.S. in the early 1900s, and they moved to South Florida. and They said, we're going to plant a church here. So they could bulldoze every single building except for that one because it was on the historic registry. And they found out that none of the investors were going to buy the property if there was this old chapel that was going to remain on the dirt, on the land, on the ground. Listen, do you know right now there's a reality happening in South Florida with church buildings? Many of them, the old school ones, they're dying off. And, and the few little members that are remaining, they're, they're, they're cashing in for a bunch of money and then they move to some storefront and then the whole thing just disintegrates and then the land that was, that was kind of established for God is lost. 
I remember early on when we would walk around this property and we said, God, if it's your will for us to be here, we pray and ask for you to open up a door. Well, we found out months later after he made an inquiry for us that they were open to the idea. Think about this. We're the Harbor Church. We're non-denominational. We're not a part of the Methodist movement. And they went through eight committees and somehow miraculously through eight committees They said, we're open to the idea of the harbor being a part of our campus and letting them use that place that that went through amazing seasons in the Lord. If you go and study what happened here, they had a a, a major move of God in the 70s. In fact, they were one of the biggest churches in this region with over a thousand people coming to this congregation. But then we had to go through two other things. And when I heard about it, man... Um, I wish I could say I was a man of power and faith, but I think I was more like flowers and paste. I'm not sure exactly what I was feeling because it involved a site visit to one of our meetings. And then after that, they were going to tell the story of what they experienced at our service and it had to go to a congregational vote and it had to be a 100% congregational vote. But nonetheless, we said, hey, come on out. We were doing Friday nights over at the forum. And I look and I see the patron that was standing on behalf as an advocate for us in a suit with another guy in a suit. And no one else in the room was wearing suits. (laughs) No one else in the room was really wearing shoes. Not even long sleeve shirts, not even short sleeve shirts. And I prayed, I said, Lord, God, for the love of your kingdom and the church that you've called us to plant, please make this night tolerable for this man. And the Lord answered me to the opposite of my request. I had the courage, actually it was the fear of man, to look back and see how he was responding as he stood there stone-faced cold. And when it came to ministry time, he and the patron that was represented us exited the building. And I was like, oh God, we were so close. close. But what I didn't know is when he walked out those doors, tears began to stream down his face. And the advocate for us said, are you okay? Is everything all right? What's going on? He said, listen, man, I've never experienced anything like this, but here's what I can tell you. I lost all three of my teenage children to the South Florida culture. And he said, if that's what young people are doing on a Friday night, I'm going to get up in front of our church on Sunday morning, and I'm going to push this thing through. Come on. Come on, that's Jesus. And he told his story, and they took that vote, and 100% of those hands went up. You know, we stand on the ground of a movement that was affected by the life of John Wesley. Now, I want you to catch something here, because 
because this is very important. He was educated at Christ Church, Oxford, 1726. He was a very intelligent man. He had a passion and a zeal. He had what I call sincere religion that needed an experience with Jesus. Here comes the band. Praise the Lord. This won't just be a part two, but a part two and three. But I want you to catch this. you got to catch this part real, real quick here. He, he, he became part of what was called the Holy Club on, on Oxford's campus because his younger brother Charles, along with a, f- fell, a few fellow students, they started this small club for the purpose of study and the pursuit of devout Christian life. And John eventually became the leader of this group. We're going to go into a song in three minutes, but you guys can start to play, all right? This group met daily from 6 until 9 for prayer. They read the Psalms out of the Greek New Testament. They had no clue what any of it was actually. No, they knew what it was talking about because they were Oxford educated. But they were reading out of the Greek New Testament. They prayed every waking hour for several minutes each day for a special virtue. They took communion every Sunday, fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays until 3 o'clock. And this was their religious method and how they became known as the Oxford Methodists. They were passionate about social justice. They began visiting prisoners in jail and they preached and educated educated these criminals and debtors whenever possible, cared for the sick. But listen to me, I'm gonna wrap it up by saying this and we're gonna put communion out there. Go ahead and pass it. For all of his outward piety, Wesley sought to cultivate this inner holiness or at least his sincerity as evidence of being a true Christian. Now listen carefully, this is really important. A list of general questions he called them, which he developed in 1730. Oh my God, I just, I feel so sorry for where he was at in this moment it evolved into this elaborate grid yet it was so sincere where he recorded his daily activities hour by hour resolutions that he had either broken or kept and he ranked his hour hourly temple of temper of devotion on a scale of one to nine so he had this whole grid how did i do this hour Was I a 1 out of 10 or was I a 5 out of 10? Now Wesley regarded the contempt for which he and his group held to be the mark of a true Christian, which he stated in a letter to his father. Look at this with me. He says, till he be thus contemned, it means scorned, till he be thus scorned, no man is in the state of salvation after all of his own zeal his own efforts his own sincere religious attempt to try to walk out something powerful and potent from the inside out he said there's no way anybody can be saved that's what he said oh I love this on October 14, 1735 Wesley and his brother sailed from England to Savannah, Georgia 
And it was on this voyage where Wesley meets, guess who? Some Moravian travelers. And he was influenced by their deep faith and spirituality. In fact, this is historic. At one point in the voyage, a storm came up and broke off the mast of the ship. And while the English panicked, the Moravians calmly sang hymns to God and prayed. This experience led Wesley to believe that the Moravians possessed something on their inner man, which he lacked. So after two years, come on, after two years of giving all he had to ministry in in Georgia with no success. You see, sometimes the Lord will let us walk our little journey so that we come to the end of ourselves to see that we need Jesus. That if without Christ, without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the gospel that's already residing in us, being that furnace and that fuel to everything we do, he'll let us do our little religious walk. So check this out. When he returned to London, Wesley returned depressed and beaten. He joined this religious society led by the Moravian Christians. Check, oh, this is amazing. On May 24, 1738, at a Moravian meeting on Aldersgate Street in London, Wesley heard a reading of Martin Luther's preface to the Epistle of the Romans and experienced what has come to be called his evangelism conversion when he felt his heart strangely warm. Look what he said about the Aldersgate experience in his journal. In the evening, I went to a very unwill- went very unwillingly to a society in Aldergate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. And about a quarter before nine, he remembers the time when he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ. He said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. An assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Daniel Burnett says of this pivotal moment, the significance of Westley's Aldersgate experience is monumental, and without it, the names of Wesley and Methodism would likely be nothing more than obscure footnotes in the pages of church history. Listen, as we close, we're going to go in this song. We're not here to go through our little motions, our little religious do's and don'ts, our little, you know, journey that we think we bring something to the table. We're here to come to a place before God and say, Lord, we need the son of man that was sent to the earth who will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails across the entire globe we will not measure our righteousness by our charts and our own evaluation we will measure who we are in God through the son of God Jesus Christ through pure and holy blood 
was spilled for your sins and mine through a broken body that was hung on a tree so that we could be made whole. Could you just, with your eyes closed, could you just pause for just a minute and think of this man who had such sincerity in his heart tried his best to be the man of God that he knew he was called to be but at the end had nothing until he came across this little ragtag bunch on a trip that had had everything Jesus on the inside not piety from the outside trying to work itself in ponder with me why Jesus said whenever you take this remember what I did I gave my life I spilled my blood my body was broken all that sin hell death and the grave dished out on me could not hold me down so when you eat and when you drink remember remember could we take the bread and could we just put it in our mouths and could we remember about that blood that was spilled into the earth flowed from his side and if you can see it it was symbolic reality of Christ's sacrifice coming to bring redemption to everything broken everything defamed drink today? Could we remember? 